excited to dig in. I'm excited today. If you have your Bible, if you're taking notes, we are in the age of the counterfeit, and we are talking about where AI can replace everything but you. And if you want to make a note of this, we are going to be um, talking today from Genesis 1 and from Exodus 3, okay? Genesis 1, Exodus 3, we are going old school in the Old Testament, and I'm excited about it. If I haven't gone to meet you yet, my name is Ashley Hollis, and my husband and I are the lead pastors here at Change, and we're so excited that you chose to join us today. We're going to dig in, and we're going to talk today all about humanity. We're going to talk about the real essence, the raw I don't know what the right word is, of humanity that we have, that God created us to be. But before we start, I want to share with you a few things, okay? We are in our season of change groups. And if you have not gotten to join a group yet, I encourage you to join one. You can see us back here in the back at the end of service. You can join in the app. But there are so many amazing groups happening. Connection, community, just so much growth happening. And then starting in September, we're going to have a new season of groups. And so it's going to be really fun. We run our groups in four-month seasons. Some continue to go, some pause, some pick up later based on seasons. And so it's really special. I hope you'll be able to join us. We also have our Backpack Bash coming up this Saturday, the 19th. It's going to be amazing. It is from 11 to 1. And so if you want to volunteer, please see us after church. Please connect with us or sign up for that. We would love to have all the help we can. So we are going to have grills. We're going to be grilling food. We're going to have moon bounces from Katrina. Praise God. And so that's going to be amazing. The kids can jump off all their energy and have carnival food and hang out. And then they'll be able to pick out backpacks and backpack supplies. If you were a part before, um, last Christmas we did a serve day and we had in here some shelving and the parents got to come and pick out a toy, wrap it for their kids, give it to them. At Change Church, we are all about restoring dignity, giving value. And so this is not an outreach where it's just like, here's a backpack, take it, here's a backpack, take it. This is a day where we sit and we connect. And we're like, what are you into? Legos? Let's find you a Lego backpack. What do you need? Some binders? Let's get those to you. Because that is what the church should be. Because that's who God is. God meets us. God adds value. And God adds dignity. And so we have that coming up. And the last thing I will say before I jump in is we have Belong kicking back up this Sunday after church with Miss Heather. It's going to be right in the multi-purpose room. And so If you are interested, you may or may not know, at Change, we have something called the Dream Team. And those are our volunteers. And our volunteers are incredible. Running production, running live stream, running Change Kids, cafe, guest experience, online, setup, events, all the things. And so if you're like, hey, I want to know more about Change. I want to connect. I'm interested in hearing more and maybe getting involved. Belong is a place for you. Belong is somewhere you can connect hear the mission and vision of the church, and jump in however you want to, okay? So don't miss that. Plus, Miss Heather is so much fun. She, can I just give Heather a shout out? Listen, Heather is the most thoughtful person 
I think I have ever met. And if you do not know Heather, please get to know her. This week, we had a really rough week. And I was talking to her. We had our Touch Base Friday. And I was just like, girl, this day has kicked me in the face. I'm like the best person at calendar invites. And this week, 11 things broke in my life and I'm running around and we're talking. Wouldn't you know, this is like the smallest, but such an example of how Heather is. I get an email in my inbox when I finally sit down to catch up and I get an email in my inbox and it's like Jenny's ice cream. And Heather's like, because ice cream makes every difficult week better. Go get yourself a thing of ice cream. And I was like, Heather, you are so kind. Like, I just can't even. And she is just so ever present. And I'm thankful for that, Heather. Thank you. We're going to dig in today. We're talking about AI and we're talking about humanity and let me just set the expectations, okay? My hope today is that each of us feel an, an okay, an authority, an ability to be human. A permission, if you will, to look at our lives and be human. And we're going to dig in because God created us to be creative. You see all this art around the walls? How beautiful is this? Um, we actually had an art show here last night for Aloyas. And Aloyas is the artist who painted the mural outside on our building. And so they did a massive art show in here yesterday. And he was like, Ash, can I leave the art up? And I said, yes. We are in the middle of a series all about creativity. This is the most perfect setting. And so it's so beautiful. Walk around, check it out. There's more in the multi-purpose room. But I want to talk today about our humanity because we are in a day and age where we are hearing so much about artificial intelligence. And why are we talking about this? Maybe you're sitting there and like, okay, this doesn't even apply to me. I don't care about this. I hear about it, but I turn off the news because it's something I don't want to hear about. Why are we entering this conversation? Number one, it's time for us as the church to start entering conversations that are happening in the world. It's time for us to sit and say, what does the Bible have to say about this? How do I remain a child of God in the midst of this? You might have seen, some of you know, we have a creative agency. So we're very involved in the creative world and video and photo and all of that stuff. And you may have seen lately that the strike that is happening out in L.A. Has anyone seen this? It's the writers and it's the actors and they're all on strike right now. And I know that if you're removed from the situation, it's like, what's happening? They just want more money and the executives won't give. And, and what's happening and where are we at? And we've been navigating it a lot. One of the girls on our team at Helm actually has friends that are out there as writers and navigating it. And you know, it's one of these moments in history where creatives are standing in the gap. Creatives are standing on the line to say, no, you cannot remove humanity from creativity. And some people are doing it for sheer purpose of this is my job. And no, I'm not a talent that you can scan and make an AI like bot of me. I need this job. And some people are doing it because it's their passion and it's what they love. Some people are doing it because they wholeheartedly believe God created us as a creative God. And so there are so many different reasons and things that this is happening within. But what I want to talk to us today about is remaining creative in the middle of an AI world, remaining human, because we've all seen how things can be automated and things can be grown and things can be better. And maybe you're starting to hear those conversations. I listen to a lot 
a lot of podcasts. I love podcasts. I love YouTube, like tutorial videos and, and everything like that. And there are a lot of conversations out there like this today. Could artificial intelligence replace you? What if artificial intelligence was actually the super being? What if it was something that knows better than us. And I shared last week that I wanted to talk today about healing. I wanted to talk today about the place we create from. Because sometimes in the midst of these conversations, and maybe you do consider yourself a creative, maybe you don't. Maybe you're like, I'm not creative. That's not for me. I do this. I do that. Well, I would venture to say God created each of us in his image. And he is a creative God. And therefore, by trade or by interest or by hobby or not, we are creative beings. And so we're going to dig in today, enter these conversations, talk about creative art. And I want to start by reading in Genesis. And if you want to go to Genesis 1, 26, and this is where we are seeing the story of creation reading all the way through Genesis 1. And if you're looking for something to study in the Bible, you're looking for something new that you want to grow in, man, you could spend a month or two on Genesis 1 because God creates so much. God speaks so clearly. God says it is good and gives us a freedom to rest. I mean, there is so much you can take from Genesis 1. But I just want to take this sliver to kick us off. Genesis 1, starting in verse 26, says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so God saw all that he had made and it was good. And that And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. We see each day God began creating and he spoke and he separated dark and light. And then he created the the waters and the land. And then he created the plants and everything that was in it. And on the sixth day, God sat down. And I just, I love this picture of God kneeling down on the ground and breathing his breath into us. It was in his exhale. I told you last week, if you were here, about a book that has been just rocking me by Mark Batterson, and it's been so powerful. But he has like breathed his breath into man. And it was in the exhale of God's breath. Then it was the inhale. It was the inhale of man where everything of the image of God came into us. And God just began to challenge me and God began to, I don't know if it's convict me. I don't know if it's call me out, but began to speak to me about taking time to inhale. 
When's the last time we sat to inhale? We live in a fast-paced society. We live right in the middle of a major city, and everything is on the go. And I don't know what you're praying for. There are things sometimes I'm like, God, I'm just praying for your peace. God, I'm praying like that song said today, hello, peace, hello, love, hello, joy. I'm inviting that in. I'm inviting that in. And if there's one thing that I've been working on this year, it's taking time to inhale, taking time for God to breathe and for me to inhale, breathe that in. Even in this moment right now, sitting and breathing in who God is and what he wants to do in you. And I want you to write that down. Do I take time to inhale? Do I take time for his breath to come into me? You see, humanity as a whole, God created us and it was perfect. And then you may or may not know, sin entered the world and things got a little bit messy and a little bit crazy. And all of a sudden, you know, sometimes there's like mess and there's sin and there's murder and there's deceit and there's lying and there's betrayal. And there's all of these things that have entered the world. But what is so critical for us to know is humanity at our core is built in the image of God. These things that we encounter are not from God. We live in a fallen world and God is the same God that he was in the Garden of Eden that breathed breath into Adam. He is that same God that wants to breathe that same breath into you and I. A breath of peace, a breath of joy. The world around us may be swirling, right? The world around you, there may be things going on, but God wants to breathe his breath into us. At our creative agency, Sarah wrote this um, this one sentence, and it says, storytelling is a storm, yet it is the essence of humanity. And I love that, and I read that probably a few times a week because I feel like that is so freeing to me. It is so powerful to me because humanity, storytelling, creativity, It is messy and it is hard. And that's why I hope today gives you the ability to say, it's not just me. Anyone ever, you don't have to raise your hands because I know we all think, oh, will I be the only one to raise our hands? But it's this natural feeling that we think it's only me. I can't get it right. I don't have what it takes. I'm not sure what to do. And it may be now. It may be in a year or two. You may have experienced this in the past. I had these conversations with these artists. And I was so grateful to host this art show here. And I want to take you back a few, maybe about 10 or 11 months. But we prayed over this space that God would use it as a space where creatives would find a haven and creativity would find a home. There is a lot of creativity that is replicated. There is a lot of creativity that is not celebrated. There is a lot of creatives that are treated like, come on, just, just produce, like just, just do. And that's a lot of what creatives go through. And so when we created this space, even as a church, that's why we try to be such a creative church engaged in our community. And I, I prayed this a few months ago, but we always pray, God, lead and guide us. I believe that in the times that we are living in, if you're not praying that daily, God, lead me. Don't give me what's good. Give me what's God. 
I want to do things that are God. I don't want to take a good contract because it was an opportunity. I don't even want to take a good project because it seems like this opportunity. I don't want to do this conversation. I don't want this relationship just to have a relationship. God, I want a God relationship. I want a God job. Like, I'm not saying that we all are going to work in ministry. I'm saying I want a God-ordained, God-called job. I want you to lead and guide me. And I encourage you, pray that every morning. And you will find God will begin to speak to you. God will begin to lead you. It's like we saw him do all through the Bible. It's like we saw him do with the Israelites. It was, hey, we need to get up and move from here. Hey, we need to go over there. Hey, we need to appoint this person. Hey, we need to stock food for this. It was a knowledge from God that he led and guided every individual. And so we've prayed that. Well, last year, we had a different art show, nothing to do with this one, but we had a different art show that was coming to town and they asked to host their art show here in the space. And I was so excited in the beginning, you guys. I was like in full transparency, like, this is so cool. This is going to be such an opportunity. Our heart has been for creativity to be here. This is so good. And then I was talking to Elijah and Sarah and we're, we're talking about it. And I'm like, okay, well, I think this is what it's going to be. I don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, I, I just, I'm praying over it. God, if it's you, keep opening doors. And if it's not, slam them in my face. Cause sometimes I can't tell. I'm just, I just run a hundred miles per hour. And so I was just praying and praying and praying. And this art show came to town and we, I got like so sick one night and I was like, I just, I don't feel a peace about this. I can't explain it. I had no, nothing bad of it. I just, I can't explain. I do not have a piece about this. And Sarah, same thing the next morning. She's like, Ash, I looked around. I tried to figure this out. Like, I can't do this. Well, fast forward, we have this art show here. And I was talking to them. And I was like, thank you so much for navigating that with us. And it was this wild conversation because one of the ladies involved said, Ashley, I know that you were asked to host something, but it wasn't even true art. It wasn't done with the artist's permission. And I was like, wow. I had no idea. And I felt like an idiot having to say to somebody, like, I have no other explanation other than I don't feel at peace about this. Like, I can't. And if you're in the business world, you know, that's a little hard to explain to somebody. Like, I just don't have a piece about it. And so we were sitting and we were talking as they installed all this artwork. And I was just, I was crying because the artists are coming in and they're working on their art and they're building it. And it's just so much and they're bringing it. And I thought, God, thank you so much for leading us. God, thank you for sheltering us from things that seemed good and leading us into these opportunities that are you. It's something that only you can do. But in those moments when we're making decisions, we feel human. You feel, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say in this moment. Or maybe you feel emotions. And I want to talk about Moses. I want to dive into Exodus 3 if you have your Bible. Because maybe you're like Moses and you feel all the emotions and all the inadequacies why are we so passionate about being human? Because we're created in the image of God, but because friends, AI cannot replace you and I. It cannot feel. It cannot engage. And sometimes we don't want to feel. Has anyone been there before? You start to just numb out. You think, I just, I don't want to feel that pain. Maybe I'm speaking to somebody who you've been hurt in a relationship before. And so you say, 
I just, I won't get close. I'll be engaged, I'll hang out, I'll go to dinner parties, but I'm not going to get close. I don't, that's a little bit scary to me. Maybe you've taken a risk before in your job, in your family, you've taken a risk and it felt like thing after thing after thing hit you. And you're like, oh, I don't know. I know God's calling me to a step of faith, but last time was hard and it was painful and it opened up these thoughts and questions and all these things. And you're like, what if it happens again? And so this book that I've been reading talks all about how sometimes we would rather have silence, rather have lies told to us than have silence in the processing of God. We would rather accept everything the world floods at us. You're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. You just can do this. You only can do that. You're equipped for this. This is what you're supposed to do. This is your next step. And we would rather take that than sit and pause and silence and say, God, what do you want to do? I've had to do a lot of that in my life. And I love Moses. um, And I want to dig into Exodus chapter 3. And I want to start in the beginning. And if you want, I would encourage you, read chapters, Exodus like 1 through 4 this this week, because those chapters are really powerful and they all go together. But I want to dig into number 3. And it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that through the bush was on fire and it did that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hevites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Can you just imagine for five seconds? Like, I love the Lord because he gives such these clear statements. And can you imagine being Moses and being like, one question, hold on. Like, I hear you. I hear what I'm supposed to do. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what will I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am 
who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has, has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards his people so that when you leave, you will not go empty handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which will, um, which you will put on your sons and daughters. And so you will plunder the Egyptians. And so we find ourselves here in Exodus 3, right? And Moses, just to give context, Moses was raised in Egypt. And he was raised, and back in chapter 2, we actually find that he had murdered an Egyptian who had come against the Israelites. This anger, a defensiveness of the Israelites rose up, and Moses kills this Egyptian and then buries him and is like, oh, what do I do now? Like, uh, and so if you ever have one of those weeks, okay, you are not the only one who might be losing your temper. Moses was there too. But so Moses has lost his temper. Now he finds himself in chapter three. God is telling him, I'm going to send you. And Moses has every objection under the sun. Like, hold on, before you do that, you can just imagine what's going through Moses's mind. Have we ever had those moments where God calls you to do something and you're like, but hold on. Last time I tried something, this is what happened. And this parent said that, or my coworker said this, or I dealt with this or all of these things. And we say, okay, but I have this past and I'm, I'm not adequate in my humanity. God, I could never be the one that you could use. Can't you send someone else? Can't you send Miss Blunt? Can't you send Adara? Like somebody else. Like she's in worship. She's the perfect person to go out and celebrate. Send her. Can't you send Casey? She's creative. She's caring. She's patient. Send her. She'll do way better than me. And we find in our inadequacies, I could never. I can't. And this is the place that we find ourselves, where our humanity meets the very nature of God. I wrote down these things, and I want you to write down these four reasons that as humans, sometimes we feel God can't use us. Number one, like I said, we feel guilty about our past failures. There's something inside of some of us, maybe not everybody, maybe some of us say, I've done this. I've been there. I've spent too much time on this or not enough on that. Number two, 
We refuse to accept God's word. I encourage you, if you are not already, spend time in the Bible every day. Seek it. Read it. Sit with it. Steady it. Because in our imperfect humanity is where we meet God's strength. It's where we meet God's grace. It's where we meet his forgiveness when we have every reason to not forgive. It's within these moments that we read the Bible. I shared with you that even like this art show that I prayed, God lead and guide my steps. And I wish I could tell you I had this profound voice that was like, Ashley, do not host that. No, I didn't have anything like that last year. It was this nudge in my spirit. I can't explain it. I can't tell you there was an audible voice. It was something inside of me that said, I don't feel at peace with this. Why did I not feel at peace with it? I don't know. I know. I didn't know in the moment. But you know what's so crazy to me is the more you dig into the Bible, the more you spend time in God's presence. It's like Elijah said last week, you are around the reality of who God is. You're around the reality of his character. You're around the reality of how he speaks. And when the enemy comes in or a lie comes in and tries to get you off kilter, you say, that doesn't seem right. I don't know why. I I can't quite put it in my mind yet, but that's not right. Number three, Sometimes we have a failure to accept the sovereignty of God. A failure to accept the sovereignty of God. You know, it's crazy to me that Moses is standing here at the burning bush, face to face with the Lord, and the Lord declares his name. The Lord declares he is ever present and never disappointing. He declares all of these things. And yet Moses has this moment where he says, but are you really going to? Who are you? Who do I say sent me? And sometimes we deal with those questions too. We say, but God, I know you've provided. I know you've cared for. I know you've called. But can you really? Will you actually? And the fourth thing that I wrote down, is that sometimes we as humans feel inadequate. We feel inadequate. Like Moses, we feel, I'm not important enough. They won't listen to me. I'm not a good speaker. Isn't there somebody else you can send? And we have these inadequacies in our humanity that I hope today, after looking at Moses, and it was the same thing with so many others. There was Gideon. There was David. There was Noah. There was Paul. So many people in the Bible that God called that said, but I don't know if I can because dot, 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 and fill in the sentence. And if you and I took turns right now, How would you finish that sentence? God, I know you're calling me to do this. I know you're calling me to take a step of faith. I know you want me to, but dot, dot, dot. I don't have this. I can't do that. I've been here. It's the but dot, dot, dot. You see, the reason Moses asked God's name, but who are you? What is your name? Who do I say sent me? In the Hebrew culture, a name was very important. 
A name was not just a name. It was a culture that came with that name. It was the Lord saying, I am that I am. Tell them I am the God of your fathers. Moses was saying, but whose authority am I walking in? And God said, from generation to generation, this is my name. And friends, that means it's the same name for you and I to call on. He is the God of our fathers. He is who he is. I am that I am. I have these bricks up here today. And um, I asked Sean if he could just turn on some music for worship, um, for altar time, as opposed to him singing up here. That's because... Today, I really want our creative team, our production team, our worship team to be able to be a part of this altar time. And I said, Sean, you're so incredible leading us. Please just turn on some worship music so you can come and be filled. But I brought these bricks because God gave me this this vision this week whenever I was um, praying through today. And I was just having a week where I personally was probably also feeling a bit inadequate. Maybe I was feeling a bit like can I handle everything that's coming at me right now and trying to balance it and feeling all the emotions? And God gave me this picture. And as I was praying through it, he was like, Ash, there's a lot of things that I have put inside of you. And I've read to you guys the story before, but God has called us, each of us, God says he knows the hairs that are on your head. He formed you in your mother's womb. He said, I'm going to make Miss Blunt to be so caring and so loving because there are going to be kids that need to be cared for in love that might not feel it somewhere else. And he said, I'm going to make Sean to be somebody who's creative and kind and life-giving. Why? Because there will be people and clients that he will meet with that will need to experience that that never have. He's put something inside of each and every one of us. And sometimes the inadequacies that we feel, those things that we're like, I don't know, I only do this. I only do that. I just, and we look at these things sometimes as bricks that are weighing us down. And I think this is the battle. This is why I'm so passionate about this whole artificial intelligence versus humanity. It's not just my soapbox that I'm on. I promise you. What it is, is if we remove all of the imperfections from humanity, and if we remove everything that you and I wish we could change about ourselves, and if we live in this AI perfect world, then I would venture to say we've removed the need for God. We've began to enter a world where God does not maybe exist and is not needed because the Bible says it is in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. And so if we remove the gap of weakness, yes, we would all love to be perfect. We would love to have everything together and know exactly what to say every time, everything, no worries. But in those moments, we remove the faith gap. In those moments, we remove God showing up. And I think there are things that we view as bricks. And maybe for you, it's something that it's like, I get really frustrated. Maybe it's something where, man, I talk way too much. I'm way too vocal. I say everything I think. I don't know what you would say. These are the bricks that weigh me down. And God just began to speak to me this week and was like, but Ash, all the things that you wish you could change, all the things that you think, oh, if I weren't this, if I weren't that, if I didn't do this, 
Probably things would run better. Probably things would happen. And God was like, Ashley, those are the very things that I want to use as a brick of the foundation of what I want to build through you. And I don't know what that looks like for each of you. I don't know if it's something in your family. I don't know if it's something in your dreams. I don't know if it's a dream that God's calling you to. I don't know if it's standards that you're setting up. I don't know what that looks like. But there are these bricks that we look and we say, oh, I just can't do X. Or maybe I do a little too much of this. It's fascinating to me because Moses, right? He, he murdered an um, Egyptian, obviously not right, very much a sin. God said that. But it's crazy because Moses had this righteous anger. He had this protective in him, this intuition to protect the people of God. And those are the very things that God began to show me are like the bricks. Like we have these things and this is not to justify who we are. Do not hear that for a moment. This is not a sermon where it's like, well, I'm just somebody who gets angry. So there's my brick and I'm just somebody who does this. So there it is. It's not that. It's a moment to bring these bricks to God and to say, God, in every ounce of who I am. Sometimes I get so frustrated, but God, would you help me to use that in the right way? God, would you help me to bring that to your throne room? You see, there's a difference between just setting it down and an act of repentance. The Bible talks about that. There's a difference between saying, God, here's who I am, and I'm going to stay that way. And then there's the moment of repentance to say, God, I recognize I've done this, God, I recognize sometimes in my humanity, I act like that. And sometimes I've said these things. And sometimes in my past, I've settled for that. But God, would you begin to take those things? And would you begin to turn them around? And would you begin to use them for your kingdom? Would you begin to use them to reach my neighborhood? Would you begin to use them as a fierce, protective whatever it is. God, maybe it's something and you say, maybe you're the opposite and you say, I'm not angry. I'm not frustrated. I'm not all these things. But as a person, I'm, I'm chill. I'm whatever. And maybe for you, that's like, oh, I wish I were more. Hey, maybe that's a piece God wants to use for you to bring into your situation. Maybe God wants you to bring a wisdom into your situation. There are these things that you think, I don't know, I just always have these ideas. I always have this. And in our humanness, unless we sit and think through it and say, God, I'm bringing it all to you. And this takes us back to the very beginning. It's sitting in the moment to inhale who God is, for him to exhale into us and for us to inhale who he is so that we can bring everything that in our humanness we've looked at that has been holding us back that we've used as an excuse or maybe it's been a crutch that you've just been standing on and it's laying at God's feet and saying God how do you want to use this and so here's how I want to end today this worship music is going and I want to open up this altar and I'm, I'm sending you home with a brick. Okay. So you can choose to put this wherever you think you're actually going to see it and think about it. Maybe it's on your office desk that you need to be reminded the most. Maybe it's in your room. Maybe it's out in your patio or I don't know, on your front porch that you need to sit. But what I want us to do today is I have bricks up here 
and I have Sharpies. And I just want to open this altar. I want you to, whether you want to come sit up here, whether you want to sit in your seat, I want you to grab a brick and I want you to grab a Sharpie. And I want you to take a moment in time right now and pause and say, God, what are the things that maybe I've pushed aside? What are the things that maybe I've said aren't good enough? What are the things that maybe I've thought I'm screwed up because of? All of those things. And then God, how are you gonna use them for my future? And I wanna leave these bricks and I wanna leave these Sharpies for you to write on. Maybe you wanna write something on it that God begins to speak to you. Maybe God's gonna speak to you and say, Adara, you are this. You are that. Man, write that down. Look at it every day. Allow the Lord to remind you who you are and what he's created you for. And in your imperfect humanity, we meet a perfect divinity of God. And somehow it works because of who he is in us. And so Sean has this music going. I just want to, right now, if you want to come and you want to grab a brick, and I just want to cover us as God begins to speak. God, I just thank you for this moment. God, I thank you for speaking to us. God, I thank you for every individual in the Bible. God, that you used in their imperfect humanity, in the midst of their inadequacies. God, in the midst of laying those down at your feet. God, everything that they were holding became the foundation you used to shape nations and to deliver like entire nations, God, to see wars won and to see things moved. And so God, right now, we just ask that you would speak to each of us. We open up our minds. We open up our hearts. God, we open up every area that maybe we've been hiding for years. Maybe things that have been painful that we haven't wanted to talk about. We haven't wanted to work through and invite you into. God, today in this moment, we invite you in. We invite you to speak to us. We invite you to encourage us. God, we invite you to call us and to heal us. God, everything in our past, God, trauma that we may have walked through, God, situations that we don't feel good enough in, God, I pray in that healing, God, that you would heal us, God, that we would be able to walk this week into a healing with others. God, we trust these last few minutes into your hands. In your name we pray. Amen.